We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Indiana Pacers. Reggie from the wing. to the big fella, fake shoots, and hits! He 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 hits! Welcome, everybody, to episode numero 10, Setting the Pace. I'm back. I'm your host for tonight's show, Alex Golden, and joining me, he is the president of the Jermaine O'Neal Fan Club. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the dashing, Michael Focci. Always happy to be there. It has been 20 days since Victor Oladipo has suited up for us, but hey, who is counting? Yes, 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 and unfortunately, not here with us live for this segment is Tyler Smith, but we'll be hearing later from Tyler, the coach and the insider. He does have responsibilities being a coach and an insider, so he cannot make the recording tonight, but he will be on the show later to break down some of the Western Coast uh, road trip thoughts. So, all right, Fachi, you mentioned it. Victor Oladipo injured. Man, out indefinitely. 20 days. The Pacers, though, they've been maintaining uh, a 500 record without him in there, and I think that's pretty much all you can ask for. Uh, I completely agree. I mean, whenever something uh, like this happens, indefinitely sounds just terrifying when you're talking about sports. It's just that feeling of uncertainty that makes you know, is it going to be a week? Is it going to be a month? Not really sure. But having been 4-4 four and four in that stretch without him, would technically be 5-4 and four if you didn't play a few minutes against Atlanta. I feel kind of positive. I mean, last year we were 0-7 without him. It was kind of like you knew if he wasn't going to play, we weren't going to win. So, Alex, what do you think of the 4-4 four and four mark so far? Yeah, I mean, you, you have to be impressed with what we've seen from Sabonis and Turner. I think that's where it starts off. Uh, Turner has just been playing great, and I will eat crow. I, I don't care if <laughs> I have sat here and slandered Miles Turner on social media, on this podcast. I will eat crow when I'm supposed to eat crow, and right now I'm eating it. Miles Turner has been fantastic. 18 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 blocks. I mean, that's what we want from this guy. Now, has it been a consistent 18-11-5? No, not at all. But, I mean, anywhere close to those numbers, I'm going to be happy with it as long as he's being productive. And getting that many shots, I think it was 17 or 18 on 
uh, Monday night against the Bulls, that's exactly what you want from him with Oladipo out. He is the team's, he's the team's second most talented player. Uh, while I still like Sabonis as a player better, it's just a personal preference, so don't take any, you know, any uh, <laughs> our feelings, Turner fans. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just love Sabonis' game. He doesn't have the upside that Turner has because Turner can block shots, he can stretch a floor, and if he's playing like he's been playing lights out, well, when Oladipo comes back, if he can keep that up, man, now we got our one-two punch everybody's been talking about. This is the Turner that we thought we paid. He scored a double figures, seven of the last eight games. He's had a double-double in three of the last four. He's rebounding. So he's, he's rebounding. He, he finally is. I Seeing 11 rebounds, I mean, it gets me excited. So the, the three-point shot, it's MIA. It's on, it's on the face of a milk carton right now. Just I could just imagine him just – that's the image uh, that I'm seeing right now because it, it's just completely gone. He's yeah. he's 5 of 18 from three over the last nine games. So it, it almost kind of seems like you don't even really want him shooting some threes, but I would like him to be able to get the confidence back. Yeah. But, hey, I'll, I'll take 18 and 11 from Turner anytime I can get it. Yeah, I know for sure. And, I mean – I am a little bit nervous about this Oladipo injury because he had problems with that knee last year. And from what I've heard from multiple people is that it never really got 100% healthy last season. So Oladipo was playing with you know his knee about 85-90%. And while he was fantastic in the playoffs, like there's no doubt about it, he was fantastic last season all year long. I just don't want him to, to get hurt anymore. And right now, I mean, last year the team went 0-7. When Oladipo was out this year, they're four and three basically, or is it four or is it five and four basically mm-hmm. with him out? Uh, so that that's just a huge improvement. I mean, you get five wins without Oladipo, and you know we don't know when he's coming back, but it's only going to make these other guys on this team to me start playing a little bit uh, smarter, and they're going to start getting more confident, and they're going to play together because they have to. They cannot rely on Oladipo to bail them out like he has multiple times throughout the last, you know, however many games they've played in the last two years. It, it is a bit troublesome when you say, you know, since last year, because everybody knows just how hard he was working over the summer, and you got to hope that maybe he didn't work too hard. It sounds crazy to say, but hopefully he didn't overdo it. Uh, it, it was definitely evident that he hurt his knee earlier in the Sixers. There was something going on in that game where he played the next two games, really struggled, and, and it was it was pretty evident that, he was trying to play through it. Um, I, I think that it's great that we're giving him some rest because it, there's there's a bigger picture here. Uh, we need him healthy later on for when it matters. With, with the upcoming schedule coming up, I think that there are some games that we can win without him, and now is the time to rest him. Yeah, especially with the month of December, there's nine of our 14 are at home, so that is a very favorable thing, and that crowd can give you that boost. They always say that game back after a uh, West Coast road trip is almost like you know a part of that road trip as well. So the fact that they went in there and got a tough one against the Bulls, who just fired their coach, you know, I was impressed with that win. But Fachi, I don't know about you, watching that game, it felt so dead in the building. I was losing interest watching it on TV. I just it just felt such like a, such a boring game. Yeah, I, I know, and and the fact that. I mean, it was it was closer than I wanted it to be. Also, Bulls got as close as three points, and there are two minutes to go. And it just seemed like if we had lost that, I, I do think that panic would have set in. Because while they played great defense in there, we weren't scoring. I mean, yeah. uh, I believe it was 96-90. It's 96 points in, in 2018's NBA game. It, it's, it's terrible. Um, 
So I, I do like how we're putting the clamps on. We're back as the league leader in terms of points allowed per game, just a hair over 102. We're actually scoring more points without Oladipo, but we're also giving up a little more, so it kind of <laughs> evens out. Yeah. So one guy that I do think has benefited uh, a bit, I mean, he's kind of been doing it all season, Bogdanovich. He's been as consistent as they come. Uh, I mean, he is someone right now that um, we'll touch on it later in terms of the Kings game, but, I mean, we got 27 from him, and obviously as clutch as he was against the Suns, essentially hitting the game winner. So yeah. that that's someone who I'm, I'm happy that he stepped up, but when you don't have Oladipo there, it almost turns into a whose night is it going to be tonight. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think one of the players we were expecting to take over that role was Tyreek Evans. And unfortunately, he has found himself on the short end of the stick, sitting out most of the time in the fourth quarter. McMillan's rolling with that Kojo Darren Collison lineup. Uh, he even went a little bit longer with Sabonis and not Sabonis, uh, McDermott and Bowion. Uh, playing that 2-3 as well. So a little bit of an interesting lineup there. Um, and I don't know what's up with Tyreek, and I don't want to jump into it too much. A lot of people are saying that he's got to go or that he'll figure it out once Oladipo comes back. I mean, people are just so fickle with it. Um, I put a trade out on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it or not. I'd be interested to get your thoughts, but I just did like a little trade proposal, uh, an idea so uh, uh, involving Tyreek Evans, and I said, Trevor Ariza and Jamal Crawford from the Suns for TJ Leaf and Tyreek Evans. Uh, I've had a lot of back-and-forth answers. I mean, a lot of people are like, this is ridiculous. Nobody wants this. And I just wanted to kind of explain my thoughts on this. Okay, so you give up Jamal. You give up um, TJ Leaf. Tyreek Evans. Well, and TJ Leaf, whatever. You give up TJ Leaf as a young prospect that they might want to invest in. You give up Tyreek because he's an expiring. Uh, Trevor Ariza is an expiring as well. He probably will not Mm -hmm. resign in Phoenix. And yes. as far as Jamal Crawford goes, it just makes a contracts match. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, Jamal Crawford's going to be this great score for the Pacers, but I do think that he's a nice veteran to have on your bench. And if you do need someone to score the basketball, he still can score the ball. I mean, we watched him in the Suns game. I mean, he's not terrible. I mean, he still can put no, the ball in the no. basket. So it's to me, it's not like it was a, a crazy trade, but I just think that Ariza could help this team in the long haul more than Tyreek Evans if this is how Tyreek is going to play all season long. Ariza would definitely help this team, and I actually do think that he's going to be on the move immediately. I believe it might be December 15th. 15th. Yep, Exactly, and he's eligible to be traded. I think he's going to be traded pretty much right away. Um, it's, it's While I don't think that Tyreek Evans is back with the Pacers next year, sure, it's still too early to see, I wouldn't be that mad to see him go, I, but I still just want what I paid for. I want him to be the guy that we thought we signed. I feel like we signed like a a, a, a twin brother of him that's just not as good. Like yeah. It's career lows across the board. I think Trevor Reza would actually make this defense even scarier, as I already touched on, leading the NBA in fewest points allowed. I mean, that would be a scary thought. Um, and Jamal Crawford, his veteran leadership would be huge. What I do worry about a little bit is when Oladipo comes back, how are you going to find some guard minutes for Aaron Holiday? It could get a little, could get a little lock jam at the guard position, but I mean, I guess maybe he just takes some of Tyreek Evans' minutes. Uh, so it's not a bad deal at all. I, I think if we want to go all in defensively, that would be pretty scary because we would be beyond the best defensive team in the NBA. And if you think about it, Thad Young is not a three-point threat. 
Trevor Ariza is. Trevor Ariza can play the stretch four, and Thad Young has been phenomenal with the bench this season. That bench unit of Corey Joseph, Sabonis, Young, it's usually been Bojan, and then right now it's been Holiday. I mean, they've actually played pretty well together. So, I mean, you know, it's not ideal. Or McDermott, not Bojan. Why do I keep saying that? I keep getting those two confused. <laughs> like, I'm just losing my mind. But, yeah, I mean, having those guys out there, it makes a difference. And I and I just think that, you know, if you do trade Tyreek, Holiday has been good enough this year that you can play him in backup minutes. And when it comes to the playoffs, you, you shorten that rotation down to nine anyways. So... Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it's not that big of a deal, but it does put you at a little bit of a size disadvantage, not having another two-guard back there that's a little bit bigger that can help you. And Tyreek is supposed to be a decent defender. Now, one thing that he mentioned when he was late and got suspended for that game in Cleveland, he said, I've never played for such an organization that is, you know, this upper class. He's mm-hmm. played for teams that aren't very good, like the Sacramento Kings. Exactly. You know, last year, Memphis was tanking. Uh, Pelicans. The Pelicans were not good when he was there. He just doesn't know what it's like to be in a winning environment. And so, unfortunately, I don't know if he can ever right the ship. It just might not be in his MO. It, it really might not. And I'm, I'm trying not to hit like the, the panic button on, on him in terms of this season. But, Jesus, not to dive into the weeds too much. I saw from five to nine feet on the season, he's shooting 9%. That has to be the lowest in the league. It's yeah. it's disgusting. And yeah. obviously it goes along with shooting career lows across the board, 37% overall. So, and I even thought with Oladipo out, we're giving him extended minutes, you would think now would be his chance. Moved him in the starting lineup. It's still not showing. Yeah. And I, I we're obviously not running out of time because – we're just over a quarter of the way into the season, but please, please show me something. It's so rare that we get these free agents, like a guy of Tyreek Evans' caliber signing in Indiana, that we can't just have it end up kind of like when Evan Turner came over here and he was averaging 17. Next thing you know, he's averaging about 11 for us. It, yeah. it just can't it can't happen. Yeah, I mean, I think Evan Turner might have been different if he came in during the offseason. I think it might have worked out better. And then you, you had to trade your, your, your veteran leader there in Danny Granger. I mean, there was a lot of elements that went into that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, But, I mean, the Tyreek thing, it's just, I don't know. It's just a wait-and-see thing. I hope that when Oladipa comes back, he can get back to the guy we thought he was going to be. But he's supposed to be finishing games on the court with Victor Oladipo. So mm-hmm. Victor's not having to worry about traps because nobody else can create off the dribble. So that's why they brought him in here, and right now he's not been doing that. So it's something to monitor, and I feel like once you get in Nate McMillan's you know, bad side, it's, it's not a good thing for you. So we got about two minutes left in this segment. Uh, quick thoughts from the West Coast road trip. I know it's been a little bit over a week now uh, since it happened. Saturday was when the game ended. This will probably be up around Friday morning. So uh, what were your thoughts on last week's road trip? Sloppy play. Um, I, I thought that uh, in terms of the road trip, I mean, uh, the, the Jazz game, obviously, you know, that that was great. <laughs> Everything was – we were just clicking on all cylinders in that game. Uh, we really had their number this year. But when you then when you look into the other things, the Phoenix game, it, boy, Boyan, as I, I have to say it like that, tribute to Tyler from another episode. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, he hits a clutch jumper – but we're a Devin Booker rim out from losing that game potentially. And then the Lakers game, I mean, we got off to as as horrible as a start as could possibly be. We're down 13 nothing. 
uh, at halftime, we actually cut it close, but LeBron James just – he was LeBron James at the end of the game. And lastly, the Kings game. I mean, 25 turnovers. Horrible. But when Willie Cauley-Stein essentially snatched Miles Turner's soul on that that putback dunk, it it, it hurt me. $100 million player. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, When he he thought that, I mean, I almost fell out of my chair. (laughs) What were your thoughts on the road trip? It was a tough one, man. I mean, that Kings game, you really felt like you should have won it. I questioned one of the substitutions McMillan made. Uh, it was kind of back and forth in that fourth quarter. He ends up taking out, um, I believe it was McDermott, and I, th- I forget who the other person was, but he, he changed the lineup and he reinserted Thad Ealing and Darren Collison. And at that moment, we only scored three points to last like four minutes of the half, so or that quarter. So I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like That, that was really uh, something that really stuck out to me was just that rotation. Sometimes... You just got to ride the bench guys when they're playing well. I mean, we were going back and forth, trading buckets with the Kings. And I think it was Sabonis and it was Sabonis and McDermott that he took out for Turner and, and Thad Young. It wasn't Collison. Collison was in there because uh, Holiday didn't play that second half. And so, yeah, nothing Collison against Turner. I mean, Turner played it. good, but, I mean, it was just, you know, it wasn't a great game for Sabonis either. But I was just like, everybody had chemistry going on right here. Why are we taking them out? They're not tired. I mean, come on. Everybody's tired. It's the end of a West Coast of road trip. But, yeah, so, uh, wait a second, I'm, I'm getting a call here from Tyler. All right, Tyler, what you got for us? Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Well, before the Pacers started their road trip out west, I said they would love to go 3-1, and one, but going 2-2 two and two would be solid, and that's what ended up happening. Uh, it was really a, a unique trip because going 2-2 two and two out west without your best player, usually you would take that all day if given the chance, but the Pacers really felt like both games that they lost could have been wins. They came all the way back from that ridiculous start in Los Angeles to uh, actually take a three-point lead in that game before losing it late. And then, of course, a very winnable game in Sacramento, and uh, they just didn't get the job done down the stretch. Now, there were some positives on the trip. Uh, Miles Turner made 22 of his 37 shots out west, which is a 59% clip. He had two double-doubles. He averaged 13 points, 8.8 rebounds, and 2.8 blocks per game. And I'm sure Pacer fans would take those numbers for the rest of the year with the chance of uh, more points uh, when he figures out a three-point shot. Another positive was Doug McDermott. Uh, He scored more points in this four-game road trip than the previous 14 games combined. So it's really good to see the Pacers getting him more involved. I'd love for him to stay involved when Victor Oladipo gets back. Now for a couple of the negatives. The Pacers had 17 turnovers in Los Angeles. They had 24 turnovers against Sacramento. Uh, This led to Coach Nate McMillan saying one of his patented Captain Obvious quotes when he said, quote, we can't turn the ball over, we have to be sharper with taking care of the ball, end quote. So McMillan says a lot of pretty obvious things, especially after losses, but there is obviously some some truth into what he he says there. So the Pacers sit at 13-10 and before playing Chicago, and really, if you look look at the rest of the month of December, it's a very winnable schedule. Uh, It remains to be seen how long Oladipo will be out, but the Pacers have an opportunity here to make some noise and put together a nice uh, run here with or without him. And uh, as I said on Twitter recently, the two main things that this team needs to figure out, the slow starts and Tyreek Evans. And with Oladipo out, this is when you'd really expect Evans to take over in games and, you know, be that guy that averaged 19-plus points per game last year. But he's actually been better 
off the bench than starting this season. He's averaging 11.2 points per game off the bench. When he gets more minutes as a starter, he's averaging 9.3 points while shooting just 31%. So that's not going to cut it. He averaged four turnovers a game on this road trip out west. And so for the Pacers to go where they want to go, they need more from Tyreek Evans, and they need to figure out how to start better in games. We'll see how the Pacers regroup this week. They're still in a nice position. That's all I've got for now. Let's send it back to Alex and Fachi. Well, we've come to that point in the show. We're going to preview the upcoming game between the Indiana Pacers and the Orlando Magic. And we have a very special guest joining us, Fachi, my man, Andy Harrington from the Orlando Magic Podcast. Andy, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Doing great. Hey, nice to finally uh, meet you, Andy, and excited to cover the upcoming game for tomorrow night. Yes, sir. I'm All right, excited. Well, my first question is, what in the world is going on with the Orlando Magic? Because I see them playing balls out some nights. Some nights I feel like they're not playing great, you know, losing games they should probably win based on who they've beaten this year. And so just not really been able to get a good feel for this team. So as a Pacer fan, what should we ex- be expecting coming into this game? Well, I think the main thing is that Steve Clifford has come in uh, to this team and really raised expectations. I think that's kind of summarizes uh, the season thus far. I think, um, you know, in, in, in press conferences and stuff, you hear Clifford say, look, if we want to take ourselves seriously, if, the, if we want to change the perception around the league, we have to ourselves raise expectations. And I think that's what he's done. And I think the players have bought into that um, and bought into Steve Clifford's system. Um, and so you're starting to see um, that kind of take place. Uh, things are start, you know, starting to click. Obviously, the team is not perfect. The roster uh, is not a perfect roster, but you at least see the effort, the energy, um, and the ball movement. Um, and Steve Clifford's system is in place there, and they are playing, uh, you know, 500 uh, basketball right now. Yeah, Andy, I, I got to say, a couple good quality wins to start the season. I mean, two wins over the Lakers, a win over the Celtics, win over the Sixers. And while you never want to reward a loss, even a couple impressive losses. I mean, close showings against the Nuggets the other night, uh, Toronto, Golden State. I mean, as you mentioned, basically around 500 ball right now. But c- can we believe that the Magic are going to keep it together for the rest of the year? I mean, hot start last year at 8-4. and four. Then a blink of an eye, I saw 12 and 31. Is this team going to be different than the past year's teams? Boom, stats. <laughs> <laughs> stats are fun. Um, no, that's that's kind of the, the, the underlying story right now. Um, I think Magic fans are, are, like myself, you know, cautiously optimistic right now because we've seen this in years past, <clears throat> in years past excuse me, and we saw this with the Scott Skiles year. We saw it last year with Frank Vogel. Um, great starts, you know, and then come December and January, it all falls apart because the system breaks. Uh, offense, you know, can't withstand uh, the entire season. Um, so I think we're cautiously optimistic as, as, as a fan base. However, it does seem a tad different this year. Um, the system that, that we're running in Steve Clifford's offense isn't based solely just on our shooting performance like it was last year. Last year, early in the season, when we started off 8-4 and four and had the great start, it was because of ridiculous shooting numbers. 
Um, Aaron Gordon was on fire. <clears throat> Evan Fournier was hitting everything. Um, it was just ridiculous numbers. Uh, this year, it's it's a mixture between uh, defensive effort and ball movement, something that seems more sustainable. And so if they keep this up, and, and like you said, we've had great losses and wins. Um, you know, the, the Nuggets game took them to overtime, the hottest team in the league right now. Uh, took them into overtime, almost beat them if it weren't for the refs. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> they would have. Go watch, go watch that game. It was infuriating. Anyways, um, but uh, but yeah. So it it just seems like a more sustainable way of playing, and um, you know I think Vucevic has been a huge uh, linchpin in this. Um, he's been the key to their, the offensive ball movement, playing through him in the post more. Um, and it, it just seems like uh, Steve Clifford is using the players that we have in the correct positions. Yeah, well, speaking of getting bad officiating, I mean, going up against LeBron James almost every year in the playoffs, you just kind of get accustomed to it. If you're a if you're a low level Eastern Conference team or a mid tier Eastern Conference team, you just kind of embrace the officials not giving you the benefit of the doubt. Um, <laughs> but you did bring up Nikola uh, Vucevic, and I I have been just amazed at his. I guess we could call it a revelation because for a while there, people were saying his contract was unmovable. He no longer belonged in this league. He was not a, a you know a big man that could really work in the NBA of today. And look at him now. I mean, he's on track to possibly be in the top five for most improved right now. Sure, sure. I I think uh, Vooch has really turned a corner this year, and he is. Uh, it, and it's not even maybe that he's turning a corner necessarily, but it really is like how Steve Clifford is using. Vooch and has really instilled a confidence in him uh playing through the post playing through um you know uh, you know he, he's really improved his pick and pop game his three-point shot has come along um he's playing through the high post a lot great great passing people are really really trusting his pass right now uh they, they're calling him the poor man's Jokic right now um <laughs> nice. no just but just playing Jokic the other night, uh, I was like, okay, yeah, no, Jokic is uh, <laughs> Jokic is Jokic. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, but no, Vooch, Vooch, you know, is really on on par, you know, and and on pace right now to to you know be considered for the All Star game. And with the Magic playing at a in a at a higher rate and, and playing a little bit better right now, it's that's kind of hard to argue. Yeah, Andy, that's something that I wanted to touch on because he, he really is balling out of his mind right now. Vucevic is playing some great basketball, obviously career highs across the board. And when you drafted Mo Bamba, it was kind of expected that, all right, well, let's get Mo Bamba more involved. He's a future. But Vucevic is doing everything he can to, to really you know solidify his playing time. And in order to get him into the All-Star game, I think the Magic are going to have to have those wins a bit up more closer to the All-Star break, similar to a situation like when Goran Dragic was in last year. When they were looking for a replacement, uh, the Heat were in about the three seed, and you wanted to have someone represent the team. So do you think that it's possible that, I mean, let, let's say, what are the chances that you think that he gets voted in if the Magic are only sitting around 500? I think the chances are high. I mean, obviously the the fan vote isn't going to do it for him. It's going to be the coaches that are going to have to vote him in. Exactly. Um, and and um, you know, he's obviously not a very popular player. I think he, um, but I think the coaches have seen like that. This team without Vooch on it would be a complete disaster at this point. And they're playing 500 ball. They're in the playoffs right now. 
uh, still after the loss against the Nuggets. They're still in the playoff hunt. They're leading their division. Um, so I think there's a good chance that the coaches will, will finally give uh, Vooch uh, his due and, and you know possibly throw him in there in one of those last spots in the All-Star game. Yeah, so my last question for you as we head into this game, um, who exactly should we be keeping an eye on uh, as, as far as a Pacer person that you guys feel like you have an advantage with against our team? Because uh, I'm not sure if Oladipo is going to be there. But, you know, we do have some pretty dominant bigs and Sabonis and Turner and Thad Young's a pretty pesky defender. Now, I guess I, I would say our weaknesses right now are probably our shooting guard position with Tyreek Evans and uh, Darren Collison defensively hasn't been great this year. So I know you guys don't have the best backcourt, but uh, who should we be most worried about uh, coming into this game? Well, Aaron Gordon has been on a tear lately. Um, he's been putting up uh, really, really nice uh, stretches in games. Like, where he'll kind of just take over a quarter. Um, and so if if Aaron Gordon is hot and if his three-point shot's going down, he's somebody you, you have to look for, uh, especially if you got you have a guy like Sabonis guarding him. Um, you know, um, is Sabonis is starting uh, at the four for the Pacers right now? Is that- no, he's coming off the bench. It's Turner. Uh, it's oh, he's Turner coming off the Young. bench. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, so so young against Gordon will be well, that'll be a really good matchup. Yeah. Um, he'll be he, Gordon is is you know is key to the Magic uh, offensively and defensively right now. So if he's playing well, the Magic normally follows suit. Um, uh, another guy to to look out for is Evan Fournier. He's been very streaky. He always lately. kills the Pacers. He's a Pacer killer. Okay, so the Pacers, <laughs> so the Pacers fans know to look out for Fournier, and he had a really good game against the Nuggets, um, hitting his threes, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue that. And and you know he's been very streaky, streaky lately, so we'll see if he can continue that. Um, and then uh, you, know, you always have to look out for the young guys on the bench. You got uh, Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba um, to see if they come in and bring the energy um, and defense intensity that 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 bench squad uh, provides. I thought uh, an interesting matchup to, to look for tonight is, you know, as we mentioned before, Magic are moving the ball very well this year, um, essentially top five in terms of assists per game and also uh, fewest turnovers in the game. Pacers coming into this game are second in the NBA in steals, so that's going to be a big matchup to, that's, that's going to be key in terms of the outcome. But going back to Aaron Gordon, over the summer there was there were some rumors that the Pacers might offer him a max deal, and they ended up not. He ended up quickly re-signing with the Magic, while his shooting percentages are, are definitely up, and I, I think that he's showing consistency this year. What? How are you evaluating his uh, that that contract situation moving forward? Do you think he's going to continue to get better, or is this kind of just what we're looking at of who he really is? Um, yeah, it's it's a good question, it, and it's from an outside perspective, it may not look like he is um, taking a step forward. Um, but um, I was just talking uh, with my co-host Steve uh, about this uh, yesterday, and and he asked me the kind of the same question. What I thought about that, anyways. What I think is is Aaron Gordon offensively maybe um, is be, is more efficient this year, um, and it may not look like he's taking a step forward there, but he actually has. Um, he's taking better shots. He's he's passing the ball better. His assists are up. Um, and but every other facet of his game this year has improved. Um, his defensive intensity and consistency 
is is way better this year than last year. I think his, like I said, the ball movement, his passing, he's getting people involved. He's not ISOing uh, so much, which was a huge criticism um, of Magic fans and mine last year that he would just ISO uh, way too much. And, um, yeah, I just think every other facet of his game has improved this year um, with his and his offense is now becoming uh, more consistent and, um, you know, and, you know, it, it may not look like he's exploding off the page, um, but he really is fitting into the team uh, a little bit better and fitting into the offense. Um, and his defense has been essential to the Magic's uh, play of late, too. Awesome, man. Well, I guess the last thing we can say to wrap this up is who you got tomorrow, Pacers or the Magic? <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough one. I think if Oladipo's out, it'll be a, it'll be a tough – it'll be a close game because uh, you know Oladipo would be coming back for a revenge game. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say. The Magic are coming off a very emotional – a loss against Denver, so that might affect their play. I think possibly negatively, they could be on a uh, you know a little bit of a, a downer there, so they could come you know with it with a you know a little bit of lack of energy, is my prediction kind of. So if the Pacers jump on uh, the Magic quick, I could see the Pacers taking that game. All right. Well, you did say before the podcast was officially recording that you were a Pacer, so. Uh, let that be known, Magic fans. <laughs> Andy Harrington said, oh, "Yeah, guys, sorry, I'm a Pacer." So, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's not, <laughs> that man, was said not in the terms of a basketball fan, um, <laughs> but but you know what? Yeah, I did say it. That's true. Yeah, it is. It's true. You heard it here. Andy Harrington is a Pacer. So welcome aboard, man. <laughs> yeah, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be very disappointed. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I guess my last my last remarks, uh, non Indiana Pacers jokes. But uh, all right, man, you're you're right down there by Walt Disney World. Give me your best Mickey Mouse impersonation. <laughs> uh, funny story. My mom was actually Minnie Mouse when uh, for a long time. Yeah, wow. uh, at Disney so that's, World. That's fun. Yeah, at Disney what? World. Actually, oh when God, yeah, dude, that's crazy. When I was young. Well, you got to uh-huh. break out an impression at this point after that. <laughs> oh, boy. There you go. There's my <laughs> We'll take it. <laughs> All right, Andy. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Nice no problem, Andy. guys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Have a great one. All right. That does it for another episode of Setting the Pace. I'm Alex Golden, joined today by Mike Focci. Mike, before I let you go, any final words you want to say about the Pacers heading into this next week? Ah, get your life vest ready and make sure you can stay afloat because until Old Depot comes back, we're just going to need to hold on just a little <laughs> bit longer. Well, I will be in attendance at the Sacramento Kings game, so I will let you know how it feels. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, seeing these guys live for the first time. And I have to say, shout out to Zach Lowe for giving our boy Aaron Holiday a nice little shout out on the pod uh, uh, today with, uh, I forget who it was, Tim Bontemps, I think so it was. So awesome to see that Aaron Holiday is getting some national credit now. That is pretty great to see. <laughs> All right, everybody, make sure you follow us on Twitter at SettingThePace3, and you can check us out on the Up and Under Podcast Network and at Dash Radio. All right, everybody, peace out. See you later, guys. See you.